Welcome to Agents Only, the number one place for real estate agents. You're joined by your hosts, Matt Steinwade and Amy Callister. Ladies and gentlemen, I have the man himself with me on the line, Matty Steinwade. I'm so glad he's joining me today because he has been a little bit unwell and we all know what it's like when you're under a weather, but this man is unstoppable. He always is. Matty, thanks for joining me. No problem, Mimi. Nice to talk to you. Are you feeling a bit better now? Yes, it's been two weeks, but um, yeah, almost six. Have you been taking time off training while sick? Yes, I took a one solid week off. Oh my god, a whole week! Max. Well, I couldn't. I couldn't get out of bed. Oh, <laughs> no, no yeah, yeah. So most no people thing. have taken a year off, but Matt Steinway just takes the one week. <laughs> I know. I went and had to get this CT scan the other day in my stomach, and um, the the doctor rang this morning. He's like, "Oh, we've got to take your appendix out," and um, not that that was causing any issues. He was just doing a check thing, and then he's like, "Yeah, the, the appendix is like a bit." Um, enlarged, which is sort of normal, but he said, we've got to take it out. And I said, oh, okay, well, how long until I can train? He's like, well, four weeks, you're going to have off. And I'm like, four freaking weeks. What are you talking about? <laughs> so I was like, anyway, I tried That's to it. The like, appendix no. can stay in. We're not taking Yeah, that's what I said to him. I said, hey, can I just leave it in there for as long as I can? He's like, not really. you got to come and get it done. I know. It's so hard when you're so busy, and I know how much you love the training, but yeah, I guess yeah. the greatest wealth you can have is your health, right? I guess in a That's week. That's true. That's true. I know. But um, what I wanted to talk to you today, Maddie, I've got hundreds of messages and they're all around the same thing. And so I thought we could do a really big deep dive into this. Mm-hmm. I want to talk to you about pricing in this market. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to read this right. now. Yeah. Um, because she is actually from one of our New Zealand audience, but we did have a couple also come from Canada and the United States. Mm -hmm. But she says to me, in my area, prices have declined significantly. We all know this, the market has changed. I'm still getting a lot of pushback from my prospective vendors about my appraisals not being as high as they expected in me and Matt. I'm I'm a specialist living in my area and I get called into probably around 80% of my appraisals, but why am I still struggling? What can I do to get them over the line but not lose hope and confidence that I've priced their property correctly? Yeah, look, we just had a talk about this with my team this morning. Like, it's, it's, I think people need to remember that there is no perfect day in real estate. Like, when it's going crazy, agents putting any prices on it they're doing it for nothing they're throwing everything at them it's very un- and there's no stock very unpleasant um now things are declining probably the the hardest thing is managing the gap between buyers and sellers that's that's all but you, you don't want all the listings either you want the motivated ones so i i would be what was that lady's name she didn't want me to say it. Um, okay, that's fine. Well, Mrs. X has, mm-hmm. like, if you, um, like, Jordan's a good example who, who works with me now. Like, he, he's never worked through a declining market. He's finding it pretty tricky, but he's, he's working it out really quickly. So he's, he's really keen to get his days on market down. So there's a couple of things that, that you look at there. 
that that lady's different because she she sounds like she has high market share. But a lot of the agents don't have a high market share. So when you have a depth of a relationship with somebody, you've prospected for weeks and months and years, and it's very it's a lot easier. So that's the first thing. Prospecting is this business. That's what it is. The whole thing. It makes life so much easier. And then the next thing is when you go to a house. My CMA is very detailed, and it's property per page of the thousand homes that I'm working in, and I, I that are sold. And and now you want everything that's on the market as well. When the market's going crazy, you just talk about the sold ones. But now you want to talk about what their competition is, how long it's been on the market for, blah blah blah, and you want to compare its stats. So if something's been on the market for 180 days and it's priced at 1.3 and it's a similar criteria, you don't want to price your home anything like that because you want to be the best listing in the market today when you hit the market. So price, and buyers aren't silly. They're just not buying it because they don't agree with price. That's it. So when you list the house, the next part is um, you talk about the logical point and the emotional point. You can't walk in and just go, I think it's worth 850. There you go. That's it. Because they might be thinking 980, mm. and and when you you've got to go gently, and I spend a lot of time on price when I'm working with owners in a listing presentation. I don't just deliver a price. I talk about the structure around price and how is price arrived. And if I'm auctioning things, like literally before this um, podcast, I was talking to an owner about setting the price guide for his auction. So I listed it at two three to two five, and on Friday I said to him, um, "We're going to go live on Monday. But what I'd like to do is just think about the appropriate price guide over the weekend, and I'll come back to you on Monday." So I buy myself some time. Now, mind you, I had it listed; I, it was already listed, as in paperwork done. And then I give him a call today, and I said, "Look, I really think we need to be dealing with everyone in the market with more than two million." I, I really think that, that that everyone needs to see your home who's got more than that to spend. So I would say we want the price guide to be bidding from $2 million. And he goes, yeah, that sounds good. But if I said that the other day, he might not have been ready. Like by me just thinking about it and giving it some airtime and a um, bit of breathing space, it's not as like, like it doesn't hit them in the face as hard. And he's like, yeah, that sounds good. Let's do that. And I always say, you're not going to sell your house unless you're happy with the price anyway. So, but what I wouldn't want it, what I wouldn't like to do is go on the market and we don't get the response that we'd like. We've got to be a little bit assertive in the current market and create the excitement. They're all like, yep, yeah, okay, great. So not everyone will do that, but I, I talk about the 30, 30, 30 rule. I know that doesn't add up to 100, 100%, but 30, 30, 30, 30. All right. So, 30% of people will listen. 30% of people you need to work on. And like, but they're sort of around there. They're, you know, a little bit of work. And that might take four weeks, eight weeks, nine weeks to sell. And the other 30%, they're just not super motivated, but you might find a buyer along the way or you like them. You're just prepared to work on those ones. I think at the moment, because you're going to hold more stock. So at the moment, the 30, 30, 30 rule is, is pretty much right. Like, and you've got to see your stock as that a little bit as well. All your attention goes to the first 30, most of it. 
and then you just nurture the other ones along the way. This is just my model. I, you know, other people might go, oh, that's silly. I don't want to carry listings this long and all that sort of stuff. But but sometimes, like, they're good to make up the numbers in two and a half months' time or three and a half months' time. And you, you just got to get them to that point because not everybody is up to where the market is today. Owners don't sell all the time. So they might have a different price point, a more emotional price point, but they need a bit of educating along the way. So, like, they need you... You've got to service them really well. I've said it before, service and evidence. You've got to service them really well. You've got to talk to them every day. And then you've got to give them evidence along the way as well. So if you're constantly doing that, they'll start to move with you over time. And then, are you there, Amy? Yeah, I sure am. Oh, cool. I'm so intently listening. I can't. I can't. <laughs> no, that's right. I want to every word. And, and then the, the next part is, there is nothing more important right now than a set to sell meeting. Yeah. So when you list the house, and let's say you list it at two three to two five, and then you get all the photos done and all that sort of stuff, and then you go back and you sit down and work through. I work through a ten step agenda, and I say, Are you happy with the photos? Are you happy with the copy? Do we have a contract? Now, what happens if we get a low offer? That could be the right one in this market because that buyer has been waiting for your house to come on the market. You might think it's a little bit low, but what I'd like to do is talk about how long they've been looking for, how much do they want the house, are they ready to go, why have they waited for a while. In this climate, sometimes a low offer is the right offer, but we need to look at the quality of buyer first. And I talk them through all of this. Sometimes we've got opportunistic buyers. We'll ignore those ones. You know, we're just, I'll tell you what it is. We'll ignore them. We don't want to deal with them. They're just trying to lowball it. And, and unfortunately, in this climate, some of those people do come out. And then I talk about um, settlement periods. I talk about the 5% deposits and all this. I talk about it all up front. And I also talk about the price guide. And I, I spend a lot of time talking about that. And I talk about where the stream of activity is. And I'll, I'll go over examples again. Because people forget, you can't have one meeting with people and expect them to be a real estate expert. Okay? Um, so that's, that's the steps with pricing. If you do it carefully, if you take them, you've got to give them hope still sometimes. You've got to look at what their motivation is like. And then the set to sell will be the final position. They might not listen to you either, Emmy. They might be like, no, we want We really want to try for 980. That's great. But what you need to do then is every single week, you need to sit with them in the first couple of weeks, sit with them and say, look, this is where the feedback is. I did say to you, this is roughly where I think it will be. We've had 17 groups through. This is where they feel your property sits. 980 doesn't look like it's there. These are the best buyers in the marketplace. You can do this with an off-market period, then on-market as well, like do it twice. And you'll soon start to see, are they selling the house or not? Because let's face it, if someone's not really selling their house, like they're just trying for a price, it's not a try for a price market. It's, I want to get the house sold. And if you can't help the people, you can't help them. Can I say something that's really important there, Maddie? And I'll tell you a bit of a story because I think you'll have a good giggle at it. The other day I was doing a national presentation and I flew over. I stood as I went into the room. 
there was a guy there who's probably like he works with um like a company so he ends up coming to all these presentations you know and so I see him all the time and he said yeah. oh I'm really excited to see you present and in the back of my mind I thought oh god it's exactly the same presentation you know because I've had to stay on what's been approved and so I was standing there and anyway I did my presentation and he ran up to me after, he goes, Amy, that was truly just amazing, like brand new content, everything, it, like it's just so good. And I just started laughing because I was like, mate, you've seen that five times. <laughs> right? <laughs> and honestly, yeah. I, I didn't because I have to, like things get approved in like a corporate environment. But it made me think of what you just said then, Maddie, and I think it's so important because it's something you're so good at. You go back over things with clients and sometimes as real estate agents, we do these listing presentations, right? And we get really into harmony and we get really into rhythm and it's like walk into the home. These are my bullet points. This is what your price is. This is what that is. And you can get really structured and rigid, but you forget you do that every day. The person sitting in front of you doesn't remember everything you say. Totally. They, they, they feel it. So they feel it and they might not ready so what what when you're telling me that story i mean that guy's just been in a different energy zone he's either been concentrating or what you said meant more to him at that point so people aren't always ready to hear it but when they've had 10 groups through 12 groups through you've created the foundation of information and they see it and then you've got to act quick in this market though and i always say to people the first week is the most important a week in real estate is like an eternity so what happens in that week, we need to assess it. And if it's not in line with what's going to help you move, we need to adjust it. Because sometimes people just need to see. They don't want to listen to you. And and if by doing that, you've already set it up for that. And there's nothing worse than ringing an owner and saying, can I come and meet with you? They know you're coming to talk about price. And you're going to get in there and they're going to do this whole dance around, yeah, we thought this is why you're coming over. But when you talk about it up front, and you're saying, let's plan forward and manage it in blocks. I always say to people, let's manage it in weak blocks and we'll assess it closely. I'll watch it every day. That's why you've got to talk to them once or twice a day all the time. And ring them really early in the morning, like ring them at 8 o'clock or 8.30 and then ring them later in the day as well. And by you doing that, you're creating the tempo and they think to themselves, wow, he's really on top of it. So when you make a recommendation, it's like, He's done everything he can. He's doing everything he can. They still might not listen to you on the first week, but they'll start to. They'll start to say, yeah, okay, all right, right. I hear what you're saying. And on the second week, you go out, do exactly the same thing, and then you sit down with them and say, look, guys, we're halfway through. We can either do nothing and you're not going to sell your house, or I can see where the stream of activity is. As soon as we click into the stream, it will sell. And I always take a, an example with me of one that had a price adjustment and sold in two days. So this one here was sitting there, this is what happened, we adjusted, we clicked into where the stream of buyers are, and it sold in two days. We had two offers on it, done. So we've got a choice right now, do we want to click into the stream or do we just want to sit there? And I can tell you, the best predictor of future behavior is past behavior. The last two weeks, it doesn't get stronger from here. It gets less from here. It's just a matter of how we want to manage it. I've got this last one and I, I really, um, I think he will really benefit from your advice here, Maddie, because you're so good around managing, I guess your competitors in your marketplace is one way I can put it. But yes, yeah. me, I'm really loving the podcast. You guys are truly sensational. I'm having a massive issue and I'm just wondering if you could possibly help me. 
whenever I list a property, I do it transparently and I do it within that price bucket. And I've been listening to all of your and Matt's advice, but I have one major problem. Every time this other agent, I won't name him, comes in and offers $300,000 more. Somehow the clients keep on taking it and I keep losing the listings. What the hell do I yeah. do? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, that's sort of like I just said then. You know, in, in that instance, Jimmy, you're not going to, some people will listen to it. All right. They, they will. And, but the more thorough and the more connected you are when you're talking to people, that's why I spend a long time on price. But then, but you got to look at it. Can't look at anything in isolation, you mean? Because one, what was your prospecting like with them prior? Do you have a relationship? Do you don't, or do you not? What's your pre-list kit like? Is it amazing? And I'm talking about amazing. And was the delivery within 30 minutes? Did you turn up? What were you like on time? What What was your tour like? Did you sit down and you just was your listing presentation really informative but engaging as well? Like people got to understand. I role played my listing presentation for at least 15 years every day, mm. at least. And and like probably more than that. And I would do bits of it or all of it. And I'd role play with Jamie or I'd role play with people that worked with me. Like I could see that I needed a world-class listing presentation if I was going to beat some of these really established agents, you know? And I set out to do that. And then after that, what's your follow-up like? I've got a three-step follow-up plan. It's very simple, chocolates in a card, then a 24-hour call, asking them if anything pop up overnight, then I've got a commitment letter. And by that time, the other age, my competitors have done nothing like that. It's not about about going with the highest price person at all. I mean, people, and that's where if you talk about logical and emotional, you can't really lose a listing presentation on price if you talk about logical, emotional, and if the other competitor is talking about something even higher again, put competitive on top. Logical, emotional, and competitive. We don't have a lot of competition in the market now, but that's the way to neutralize what they're saying. And just say, look, there's three levels of pricing. I'm not just gonna pull out a price because it's about how how has the process worked and where is it engaged buyers and the type of buyers and how many buyers. That's what I wanna talk about. So logical is if I was a valuer, this is what I would come up, go out and go through the comparables in a beautifully bounded folder that looks great and take your time. When did it, when was it on the market? How long has it been on the market for? What's it got? Blah, blah, all the details. Property per page. And then say, when somebody falls in love with it, they start picking their rooms. They've been here second, second and third time. The kids are like, this is my room. This is where I want to be. The school's down the road. They work at the hospital down here really close. They've been looking for you know, seven months for the right house. This is the one. They're going to get very emotional now. People spend 5 to 20% more on a home once they fall in love with it. Now, if I find two or three of those people, you're going to have a competitive environment on your hands. Imagine I've got three people who are emotionally attached, who want the home, and you've got two, two women out the front bidding on it, staring at each other. Where are they going to stop? Who knows? I can tell you they won't stop until they really want to really really want to and they're not going to want to lose so if you you've got to almost sort of say yeah sure they can throw three hundred thousand dollars more on their pricing and you're going to lose some of those but you'll get it next time around sometimes it's better being a second agent and then or if you want to neutralize it now you just got to get real good at that that whole structure i just said 
And I think that's social proof as well. You know, if they continue to keep doing it, go and track the listing going live and then watching it start screenshotting it, staying on market for that amount of days and not moving. And because it would, honestly, in this market, overpricing is probably one of the worst things that you can do. And you're so right, Maddie. If you walk down the street and you look into people's homes and you just look at each home, every person living in that home loved that property that one bit more than that other buyer they competed against, you know? That's exactly right. Exactly right. So 100% pricing is nothing more emotion. Emotion and competition, that's all it is. So if you have a put that in your listing presentation, explaining that to people, you can't just pull out a price and say, oh, this is what it's worth. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode. And there you go. There are all your pricing tips. Have a sensational day. Bye, me. For more information and exclusive access to Matt Steinway's bulletproof listing strategy and prospecting systems, along with media and marketing school, visit www.agentschool.com.au.